For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Officially, Ennis and Elsa are in love and yeah. we mean by we official, started? Addison. I'm starting to sweat over here. We <laughs> There's no way to sugarcoat this. The end of 1883 episode 5, The Fangs of Freedom, was devastating. It's the first time a major character has been killed off this show. Actually, now that I think about it, it's the first time a major character has been killed off either 1883 or Yellowstone, unless you count villains like Malcolm Beck, the guy who dies to close season two. I'm Addison Hager, and I won't spoil that for you, but this episode of the Dutton Rules podcast certainly is going to spill beans on who dies and the dramatic way it happened. Honestly, it's part therapy. After events like this, you just need a shoulder, right? The trauma came after another romantic moment between Elsa and Ennis, played by Isabel May and Eric Nelson. Quite suddenly, the Dutton Rules interview with Eric is very important, and I know Billy Dukes is anxious to unpack that, but you can find it in the archives if you're eager to. First, tap follow and leave a review and a 5-star rating if you're enjoying the episode breakdowns and cast interviews thus far. We're here twice a week with analysis and insight, plus conversations with stars, and most importantly, your thoughts and opinions at staff at tasteofcountry.com. How are you enjoying 1883 so far, and who do you think is leading this show? Faith Hill's character is pivotal to episode 5, but in many ways, this is still Isabel May's show. Today, that came to a tragic breaking point, but I won't say any more yet. Let's bring in Billy Dukes to talk about it right now. Hello! Oh, Addison, what are we doing? This show... I can't even act like I'm upbeat and positive this time around. I can't do it, girl. Thank you. I'm very glad. <laughs> I was about to say, if he's going to come in hot like this going, hello, Addison, mm. I cannot meet that energy because, Billy, I I cried. I cried in the last episode, and I am not a crier in movies unless it's a or TV shows unless it's a very, very just like well-done scene. It takes a lot, and I mean, I had tears streaming down my face. I uh, set the scene for me a little bit are you are you by yourself during this are you in the living room where are you watching from having this this weep fest do you have a coffee a tea a glass of wine what's your sitch no i honestly i should have had a glass of wine i didn't even i was watching that later than i normally watch and so i was trying not to drink any caffeine or you know anything that's going to keep me up which i guess wine would have helped put me to sleep but um no i was in the living room watching and um, everyone had gone to bed in my house. And so I was just by myself downstairs watching this episode, just literally in the dark, <laughs> watching as tears are just <laughs> streaming down my face. And I'm like, if anyone walks in right now with absolutely no context whatsoever, they're going to think I'm unhinged and in my well. Yeah, it was honestly like, yeah, how I was even watching it was just so sad. 
I think from now here on out, I need to watch it with a box of chocolates and some good old red wine. I had this box of red wine from before Christmas that we never quite finished, but we we still had on the wine tower. And at that uh-huh. point, you really should give up on that box of red wine. Like, only in desperate times do you still pull from that bag. I I took that bag out of the this box. This was a desperate time. <laughs> I, was, I was milking the bag of wine into my wine glass, which is just the saddest thing in the world to do as a human being, Kelly. to milk your wine bag. It was a desperate scene in the Duke's household. Well, how did your did you watch it with your wife? Oh yeah, she was crying too. But you said it. Was I mean, she you, crying? Yeah, she was crying too. But you said you cried at two different points. Yes. Well, they both involved Ennis, which obviously we'll dive into in a minute. Yeah. Two scenes, both involving Ennis, that just got me. One was sad, and one was like just warmed my heart, endearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were kind of back-to-back, but, I mean, obviously we're going to get into some spoilers here. I think the episode title uh, this time indicates as much. But before we kind of get into the drama, can we unpack my suddenly very pertinent interview with Eric Nelson (laughs) from last week? Yes, I'd I'd love to. As you know, I'm a fan of him, loved this interview that you got to do with him, and he also has great teeth. I will never stop (laughs) saying that. He needs a Crest Whitening Strip commercial. But yes, I would love for you to set the scene um, on this interview. (laughs) Well, I mean, he was good. Obviously, Eric plays Ennis, who has ended up Mm -hmm. being a much bigger character on this show than I think anyone thought was possible. Because you had Tim McGraw, Sam Elliott, all these big characters. And it's this guy, Eric Nelson, who's kind of such a huge role through the first five episodes. Um, But there was a few things he said that I thought were pretty important and the one was he was on set for Elsa and Isabel May during the piano scene he revealed that she does her own singing she actually learned that mm-hmm. Beethoven song and while he was watching her do it take after take after take he was really getting really emotional and crying and a lot of tears were streaming down his face which isn't in character for him he's supposed to be this tough cowboy right. but the reason was because both him and Elsa knew what was to come once they crossed that river At the time, I just thought he meant it was a difficult journey. Now we know what he was really crying about as he watched Elsa perform. And again, we're going to get to it, but... I know it's so hard for me not to just launch and go into that. But man, that's that's some really, really good insight that obviously you don't see on screen because that's not in character for him. But also really cool that he's that in tune with his character to just feel those emotions. Because I don't know if just seeing it outside of even what's to come. Yeah. I don't know. That that scene just didn't get me emotional. I know you really geeked out over it. I, I did. It was a really well... <laughs> I know you did. It was a really great scene. Don't get me wrong. It was really well done. But emotion-wise, it didn't evoke tears like this last one did. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just had that scene on repeat. And I was out back playing the Beethoven <laughs> original. I mean, I was just in a in a mood. Um, Guys, Billy, yeah, went down one big <laughs> rabbit hole of finding, a, you know, the backstory to this song. He was... Yeah. He's the nerd of this specific... This Civic scene. <laughs> the other things that he said that I thought were pretty interesting was he talked about, well, first of all, he talked about how he invented the backstory for his character. And we'll never see oh. that on screen, but in his head, he invented this backstory of where he came from and how he had difficulty with his parents and how Wade, who is not his brother, kind of became an older brother-like character for him and um, helped raise him up. But he also revealed that the show just f- finished filming 
on Saturday. In fact, as soon as and, and I just I just talked to him. It was it was uh, uh, the Tuesday before episode five aired is when we spoke and had that conversation. He was set to leave that interview and go to the set. He said he had more filming to do and filming was going to finish this Saturday. Which, what in the hell does that mean? Because it, uh, <laughs> at least, because he, well, <laughs> go ahead. He's dun 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 dead. He died. Did you like how I did that? I did. <laughs> he died. Yeah. And thank I, you. I, I, I mean, that was just like he gets shot, and I'm like, well, he can't die because he told me he was just filming. How in the world? Exactly. Like, I'm... Call I'm, his bluff, Billy. I'm still half <laughs> expecting. A little part of me is expecting the beginning of episode six for him to kind of shake awake. And, and then it's play out of Elsa taking care of Ennis for episode six, seven, and eight. Like, I'm not giving up on well, that yet. Well, to your, to your point, I also watched this episode knowing, you know, the conversation that you had had. And so, to be honest, during the scene that he is dead, I thought... Okay, but he's coming back. So, you know, at some point he's going to gasp yeah. for breath or yeah. something. Like, he's not dying. And no. Then, and then he then he did. He looks pretty dead. <laughs> dead. Dead as a doorknob. I felt that we could have started this episode of the podcast off with just like five minutes of just quiet sighing and being like, yep. And everybody would have been okay with that who watched because that's exactly what was needed one day after episode five oh. of 18. Just kind of like, Ugh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was one of those of, you know, I, I left this episode being, as I've said before, in tears. Like, I was really sad. And then, you know, once I got up and started headed to bed, I uh, got mad. And I was just, <laughs> I was angry of, like, oh, my gosh. This one character that has provided this comedic relief for this show so far, because this show is not, I mean, you and I start every single episode, like we have just been, you know, flung through the mud mm -hmm. of it's emotionally taxing and mentally taxing. And they, Taylor Sheridan decides to kill off the one character on this entire show that has provided me a smile, that's provided me a laugh, and he's gone. And I just got upset of like, why would you do this, Taylor? Why would you kill off the one character that's provided some just lightheartedness? I think that's why. And we'll go back and, and, and we're going <sighs> to revisit the scene and how he died in just a second here. But I think the reason why he did is because that's what this show does. And we talked about that after the first two episodes, how we saw signs that anything that represented hope and lightheartedness and joy mm -hmm. was just uh, crushed. Uh, Claire which was, I think, Tim McGraw's sister-in-law, Aunt Claire. And she was a seemed to be kind of a nasty woman for a reason, as we mm -hmm. found out. But she represented hope because you thought the show would get her to a point where she saw the reason why the journey made sense. And, and right. she didn't. End of episode two. Uh, she kills herself. And Tim watches mm -hmm. her do it with a shovel in hand, ready to bury, bury his body so he doesn't fall behind the rest of the group. I mean, it it's just cold and dark. The, the the actors aren't the stars here. It's the journey and the emotions yeah. and the hopeless of it of it all. And I think that's why characters like Ennis have to go, which doesn't leave me feeling really good about uh, Elsa, if I'm being honest, because no. she brings a lot of joy. Uh, and yeah. you know, you know what they do with joy? <laughs> Just crush they it. Crush it. <laughs> well, thankfully they 
<laughs> I was very passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've finally <laughs> crossed the Brazos River. Yeah. And, but, you know, with one hardship under their belt, they are about to approach another one, which, of course, it's bandits. I mean, it's one of those of, you know, I thought, okay, yay. Maybe a little bit easier. We are still, you know, this inevitable winter that we are approaching and lack of food also now added to the mix. These dang bandits are on their way or on their tail. I didn't realize bandits were actually a thing. I thought bandits were like an American movie invention. Western. Like, yeah. yeah. Like there's people out there like just, I mean, what what are they, what's their end goal? They're just stealing stuff and shooting people like. And killing yeah, I, I didn't I realize that, that that was what it was. But, yeah, it was a group of six um, Texans. Mm-hmm. And Wade en- ends up discovering them um, and kind of alerts the rest of the group. And what happens prior to that, which was interesting, but I didn't think really consequential, is that um, Sam Elliott's character, Shay, cuts off another group of immigrants for stealing food mm-hmm. from the rest of the immigrants. So he, he leaves them behind. They get attacked by the bandits first. And then they see smoke coming up from their wagons, and they realize they're going to have to fight these bandits head on. Uh, right. Which is what right. ends up happening. Um, right. Yosef gets the call to be the bait for the for the whole yeah. for the Poor whole thing. guy. Yeah. And it works out um, for them, anyways. But then they end up pushing the whole group towards the rest of the travelers, right. which is what leads to the events that um, that gets Ennis shot. And I will pause us right there because I do want to kind of rewind a little bit to lead up to kind of the gravity behind him even getting shot and just that whole scene that plays out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Officially, Episode 5, Ennis and Elsa are in love. And, yeah. yep. <laughs> There's so uh, much more to un- go, unpack go on. here. I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I'm like, what do you mean? I don't even know where to start. What do you mean by official, Addison? (laughs) Well, they have, we first start off with, I'm starting to sweat over here. We first start off off with, and I, I said this before we started recording, and I'll say it again. Faith Hill is killing it, and once again is carrying so much her and Elsa. This duo, I love watching their on-screen. And we've also now seen the off-screen chemistry, but I love seeing their on-screen chemistry. And pretty much as Elsa and Ennis are out in um, tending to the cattle, they they kiss and they've already kissed in the previous episode. But Elsa feels like she's in love. Margaret realizes like, oh no, we I've never had the birds and the bees talk with her. And that is where the scene plays out of, and I love how you described it. Describe that scene where, you know, Faith is realizing, uh-oh, my daughter, you know, we I need to kind of tell her how, how life works before she ends up being 
pregnant and um yeah yeah the, the birds and the bees talk was not the same kind of conversation of bees and the birds that i had with my mom let's just say that <laughs> it, it was incomplete i felt like yeah. i guess maybe it, it was like your standard mother and daughter naked in a river bathing one another chat that maybe women of the uh, 19th century did when they are talking right. about these things but she doesn't really tell her too much she says follow your heart Right. It was very poetic to the point where I was looking down at that point. I was typing some notes for the podcast. And when she said, Elsa looks at her, she goes, so we're going to talk about sex now? And Margaret goes, well, we already did. And I literally looked up and I was like, I don't understand what Margaret just said. (laughs) Please hold. Rewind. What? (laughs) Elsa, good luck. (laughs) And Elsa, she's she's trying. She's trying to like ask questions and like like from a parent's point of view like if your daughter or son was that inquisitive it would be a gift for them to be that comfortable to ask those (laughs) questions like that would be great then you wouldn't have to spurn these songs but margaret's just giving her nothing nothing about no No, i've seen farm animals do it (laughs) yes yes that's what it was i couldn't remember the specifics of how she explained but pretty much elsa takes that runs with it Ennis and Elsa are intimate, and which they didn't do it far off from the camp. So here comes Mama Bear, essentially, mm-hmm. sees it happening from a distance, and she is livid. But she contains yeah. herself. She doesn't go in and interrupt. <laughs> she walks back to the camp and gives Elsa the next morning pretty much the cold shoulder, which yeah. then pretty much Ennis and Elsa, they are the talk of the town or the camp because... They didn't go far, so everyone knows. Everybody including, knows. Including, including her father. Her dad. Another dun 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 Well, first of all, uh, Faith Hill's like icy motherly stare, you could tell that comes from a lot of practice. Like her real life daughters yes. have gotten that cold silence. And even when she's talking and she's not yelling, but she kind of is, like her, her she's uh-huh. just really tight faced about it. And, and uh, uh, you know, Elsa certainly knows what that means. Uh, but she sets her up to ask an important question. Is Ennis going to stick around if you end up getting mm-hmm. pregnant? So we learn a little bit more about Elsa and how bold she is because she just trots right up to Ennis and says, so if I'm pregnant, you going to stick around and be a father for this baby? And this is where I love seeing because then Ennis comes in and is pretty much, you know, like, I have never met anyone like you. And then he's like, hell yeah, or whatever he, however yeah. he responds yeah. is just funny. But, um, yeah, it just, yeah, definitely is catching, uh, her character just catches a lot of people off guard because she is so bold. And like you said, we see that in that scene where she's like, well, very well then, mom, I'm going to go figure out if he's ready and not even ask the question. Like, I'm not even going to bait it up. I'm just going to ask. Ennis is a a gentleman from start to finish throughout all of this. Not only with that scene, but when they're actually being intimate, he's asking for permission. I mean, this guy's like straight out of the 21st century Me Too movement, doing everything behind the book. It's so heartwarming to see. I know. Exactly. And that's why I think I was just so torn is Mm. at the end is because they really, you know, we started out this episode and we kind of thought... I mean, I was hopeful that he would turn out the way that he did, but we both were kind of like, ah, like he might be a bad dude, like yeah. we don't know. And he turned out to be amazing. And we obviously love, or I love him. And 
yeah, and definitely you could see that just so much more of just who he is as a, you know, character, but a person um, as this character and as this role. And um, yeah, when the next day when the scene is where she asks, you know, will you stick by me pretty much if I end up having a baby and you see it. James Dutton riding up on his horse, and I thought, mm, and as you he better knows. start running for the hills, <laughs> like you're about to get it, and he does. Tim he McGraw does. pretty pretty much goes after him, but Ennis stands his ground and pretty much says, you know, you can hit me all day long. I love your daughter. I want to marry her, and nothing's gonna stop me, even you. It's Is not that the happen. scene where you cried? Is that the first scene you cried when Ennis stands yes. up to James? And really? it's not, and it was not because Ennis stood up to James. That that warmed me up to then what happens next because Tim McGraw's character is not having it at first. You know, pretty much yeah. like you don't you don't know her like I do, and you know you don't deserve her pretty much. But then Elsa, he sees her. I think that's when he you can see that he's changing, becoming more empathetic because he sees that Elsa, as she's saying, "Dad, I love him, and I know what it means." And he kind of softens up of like, okay, she's she's a grown woman. She's going to make her own choices um, and, you know, kind of realizes, okay, she really, really likes him. And the scene that got me was when he – and it was like, oh, my gosh, I had just gone to a wedding too. And it's the, those father of the bride speeches, oh, they get me every time. And so I was probably already emotional from already going going to a wedding and being in a situation like this. But pretty much he tells Ennis, you know, she, I know you think she's important and valued, but that's my baby girl. And she means more to me than she will ever to you. This is not verbatim, but pretty much just, you know, number one, I was like, oh, my gosh, I wonder, you know, this is mm-hmm. Tim is speaking about his daughter on the show, but he can relate. He has three daughters. And so, you know, this is a feeling that just you could tell kind of to your point of seeing Faith with her narrowed eyes and, you know, being upset and how that potentially was drawn from just yeah. moments with her own daughters. Seeing Tim act the way that he did, I was like, oh, this is drawn from so much deeper. And that is why I cried. Not because of Ennis, but because of Tim or because of James. So we flash forward now to mm-hmm. the bandits being run towards the group, and Ennis kind of heads them off and gets to Elsa and tells her to pull mm-hmm. her handgun out, her pistol, and um, to wait there and be safe. And it ends up with a, a really unfortunate scene where Ennis comes out of the valley, and there's one bandit remaining, and they're mm-hmm. essentially playing chicken, gunshot chicken, shooting at each other uh, on horseback, and it looks like the bandit gets hit. But then Ennis gets hit, right in the chest. and he gets hit hard, and he gets knocked off of his horse. And, uh, you know, it doesn't seem fatal at first, but then he looks at Tim McGraw, and his final words ever on this earth were, <gasps> I loved her. And James says, I know you did. And that was about it for Ennis. And that was, yeah, you see Elsa pretty much saying, you know, I've been surrounded by death, but it's never pretty much you know been at her own door and this was the yeah it's It's never never touched her her. and this was the first time that it's personally affected her and she wails she loses it and uh just a really really hard scene and then just seeing her mother you know come and 
comfort her in the way that she can. And it was, I, I don't know how you felt, but just seeing, I really like how James and Margaret kind of as Elsa's bent down wailing over, you know, her lost love, the look, they don't say anything, but the look that they give each other of what I just kind of infer from that of, you know, just that this is not only hard and that they are empathetic on a different level, but I think that they both know that this moment right here is going to change Elsa. Mm. Like, I don't think we're going to see the same happy-go-lucky Elsa. I think this is kind of this moment of crossing over into adulthood of we're not going to see the same character anymore. And that's what I took from their looking at each other was they understood their daughter's no longer going to be the same. Elsa had two great quotes in her uh, narrative, her monologues in this episode. The first mm-hmm. was at the beginning when she's talking about how hard the land is. And, and she says that the land of no consequence is behind us. We are in the land of no mercy now. Mm. And that certainly proves to be foreshadowing for what happens. But then right after Ennis dies, she recalls back to the conversation that she had with Margaret, where her mother is just just awestruck by how uh, good-natured and optimistic and positive her daughter is. And she tells her she, yeah. she wished she could see the world through her eyes, but she knows that one day Elsa will see the world through hers. And after Ennis dies, she says, Today my eyes died. I see a world through my mother's eyes now. And I was like, oh, oh, good. She had a big I day. I know. Big day. Uh, if, this te- if, that, if this episode wasn't called The Fangs of Freedom, it could have been called Elsa's Big Day. Because that was. <laughs> I mean, Fangs of Freedom is probably a better title. Yeah, Elsa's big day. Well, I definitely know I'm going to have, yeah, a box of wine is needed for the next episode at this point. Oh, can we be sponsored? Is that a thing? Sponsored by boxes of wine. We need a friends, yeah. And Kleenex. (laughs) So where do you think, I mean, we learned a few other sort of important details um, to the overall journey, and I'll list those, but then I want to ask you where you think they go from here. Um, But what we learn is that I guess now including Ennis, nine men, six women, and four children have died in this journey. Uh, The group has been cut down by almost half in the span of three Mm -hmm. weeks, and they've only traveled for three weeks. So we've only had three weeks worth of a journey now, and Shea Brennan keeps saying, it hasn't even gotten hard yet. Like, that's his his mantra. What do you think, what's, what's next? Like, we, we both agree that they got to kind of fast forward a little bit here just to get, get to where we're going oh gosh, in time. Just get out of Texas. I mean, I yeah. understand that Texas is large. I do, I do get that because that's always baffles me of when I go to a different state and you can be in a different state in three hours where I'm still in Texas at three hours. But, you know, I don't know where they will be geography wise, but I think the major... The major kind of storyline that we're going to kind of confront next is the fact, because they touched on it a little bit in this episode, but I think they're going to have a real big issue of starvation and figuring that out of food. I think that's going to be the next obstacle that they kind of have to either, you know, Shay and James or, you know, whoever else has to go out kind of solving this issue. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, where do you think geography-wise it will be? Well, I think I think you're on to something there. I mean, because the wagon that sank in the river ended up being the immigrants' mm-hmm. food wagon, so all their food's gone. Mm-hmm. But they don't seem too, too concerned in that they feel they'll be able to restock within a week or so as they're headed. It sounds like they're headed to town. 
And we get more indication of that as well, because we now know that Tom Hanks' wife, Rita Wilson, is going to guest star on the show soon. And she plays, I forget the character she plays, but it's a townsperson of sorts who bonds with Margaret Dutton in some kind mm-hmm. of ways. So so we're going to have some some city action, I think, before too much longer. We'll get off the, which is good. I could use a little bit of an yeah. eyeball break from the, the outdoors and the, and everything. <laughs> Yeah, the brown dirt. <laughs> yeah. It's all it's all one color out there right now. It's all dead. Nothing's living like my soul as I watch it. But yes, I, I would agree with you. I yes, sorry, that was really I went really deep real fast, but I'm excited for a little bit of a scene mix up. I, I think you're right though. I think that the hunger is gonna be an issue. And I we've also seen signs that um eventually they're gonna encounter natives to some degree. It's not clear where that scene that started the series with Elsa confronting the natives and getting shot with the arrow, like where that plugs in, like where where does that come? Yeah. Um, is it this know. trip? Is it next trip? Is it way in the distance? Like I, I haven't gotten a feel for that. Yeah. Oh gosh, I hope it's way in the distance. It can't be next episode. So sorry, Taylor Sheridan. I just I need a little bit of a break from death. At least death from. Those two characters. <laughs> this podcast may end prematurely just on account of simply being unable to emotionally deal with the show. <laughs> All right. No, it's okay. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, well, on that somber note, we're going to turn it over to fans' questions and theories if you're ready for it. I know I'm ready. I am ready, and I want a quick say thanks for all the emails we put out a video about the loose ends of yellowstone and got so so many emails and responses to that that i i was happy to respond to people wanting to know about certain things and having their own loose ends that bother them that was really um that was really fun this past week or so so thank you very much for that staff at tasteofcountry.com is the email address okay leslie on youtube says Did we ever learn whose white cowboy hat was floating down the creek? And similar, Carolyn emailed saying, what happened to the man Casey put up in the cattle gap? And these were both uh, from the loose end emails. Mm -hmm. Um, And Leslie is referring to the promotions for Yellowstone season four, where they said, everybody will pay. And they showed a white cowboy hat floating down a creek with like a bloody river behind Mm -hmm. it and my theory at the time and i got a little bit over the tips of my skis on this was that a beck brother was returning because uh, malcolm beck wore a white hat people pointed out that walker always wears a white hat and other people also wear a white hat to answer your question no we never saw that white hat again i think it ended up being in the end just a metaphor for kind of what was coming as the season progressed um well actually i realized because when i Think back to that scene. I think, oh, Garrett. But now that I'm thinking about it, he didn't have a hat on in that scene. So, yeah, I think probably just more of a metaphor. Oh, that's interesting. He did wear a white hat at at points. So, mm-hmm. so to Carolyn's question about the man in the cattle gap, the cattle guard, 
the only thing right. we saw with him was that the uh, the old timer who set Casey up to the job uh, kind of comes across him and presumably helps him out, and maybe they live harmoniously after that. I think we, I think that's <laughs> what we have to believe is that the point was made yeah. because it never comes back to it. The bigger picture there, and really the bigger question was at the time that was kind of teed up as Casey. Um, doing a favor for someone who might be part of his constituency to run for governor because Casey was supposed to run for governor. That was kind of early in season four, what we were thinking about Yellowstone. Um, that whole thread just whoosh, disappeared. Went away. It's interesting. You have Yellowstone, which has so many threads. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. this wild tree of a show. Mm. It's like, oh, you got to mm-hmm. get through all the bramble and branches. And then you have 1883, which is just a... A stick in the air. Like, it's going one direction. <laughs> There's no threads yeah, of branches. I don't think we could, yeah. I don't think we could do a loose ends video on 1883. It's no. pretty straightforward. I know what's happening. That's it. And if you don't know, they probably died. Brutally. <laughs> yeah, most likely. If you don't know what happened to them, they're dead. Yep. Okay. We have one from Facebook. Colette says, when does the next season of 1883 start? Billy, do we know? Uh, I- Maybe. Oh, okay. So, no. I mean, we don't know the start okay. date. But the question of 1883 Season 2 is a really interesting question, I think, because it was never really clear that this was going to be a show that lasted multiple seasons. And I say that because we got all these videos and scenes of them tearing down the Fort Worth set. Uh, they're obviously moving out of Fort Worth. And we know um, James Dutton is ultimately going to split from Shea Brennan's group to live his own life in montana at some point so how are all these other characters going to intertwine with that to keep Mm -hmm. uh, season two Uh, that said i pressed the question to eric nelson and this was towards the end of the interview and he said that no confirmation for a season two but everybody's really optimistic and hopeful and the show was set up to go multiple seasons it wasn't uh, his vision it wasn't taylor sheridan's vision to be one and done take that with a little bit of a grain of salt because I was also led to believe that Eric Nelson's character, Ennis, is alive and well as the season concludes. (laughs) But I think he was being honest with that part of it, at least. (laughs) Well, and we... (laughs) I like that you just cracked yourself up. And we have one more, which I'm excited to talk a little bit more about. We got an email of someone who had... He had just visited the Four Sixes Ranch, and there's a gift shop on the Four Sixes Ranch where you can buy you know, stuff with their branding on it. And the cashier had asked, oh, are you on the show? And he says, no, I'm not on the show. And the reason why she had asked is because apparently a lot of cast members from the show go into the store and, you know, buy stuff here and there. So it's not abnormal for a cast member to come into the show. I mean, to come into the shop. And she said, well, Mo was here last week. And so I didn't know if you were, you know, also part of the show. Mo, isn't that interesting? Because Mo is in Montana. I don't understand why they would bring him onto the Four Sixes series. Right. That wouldn't make sense. I don't, you know, and so I don't know. Did Mo just come up for the kicks and giggles of it all just to watch filming? Like, where do you think that's going, Billy? This was a great, I... I was like, wow, this is a great insight, but I have no clue where this insight goes, and nor can I create the insight or the <laughs> thought behind <laughs> so, <laughs> like where first, it's going. 
email that person back and see if they can get a list of cast and character names that have come through that gift shop because that'd be, you know, really helpful. Oh, yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) with regards to Mo, though, like two options. One, it was just Mo and his family visiting the Four Sixes on like an off day in his vacation. Uh, The other possibility, though, is remember Mo's other role on Yellowstone. He's not just Mo Brings Plenty, the uh, Chief Rainwater's right-hand man in security. He's also the number one, like, advisor for all things Native American affairs. So he's a consultant for the Yellowstone. He may hold a similar role on 1883, and a lot of that filming yeah. is taking place in Fort Worth and other parts of Texas. Where is the four mm-hmm. sixes relative to Fort Worth and Weatherford, Texas? That is a great question that I will know in three <laughs> I, I I liked that question when I asked it too, so I'm glad that you you complimented me on that question. That's really. Let's see. While Addison's searching the answer to that question, I want to give <laughs> dun, a shout dun, out dun, dun, to dun. a Facebook group that I, I am part of, the 1883 of Yellowstone Facebook group, because they've been really really good to us. They've shared our links quite a bit, and I haven't even asked them to do so because yeah, Facebook groups are always. I don't want to push like be real promotional. No one wants that in their Facebook group, but these people have have really just found our content, our podcast and our videos and have shared it amongst their 200,000 plus members. So big shout out to Kim and everybody at the 1883 of Yellowstone Facebook group for uh, welcoming us like that. Well, Billy, thank you for that great commercial break that we just had. I do have an answer for for you. So it is, it is just West of Fort Worth about, depending on which route you take we're looking at 33 to 40 minutes so it's nothing it's like okay i live in austin so it's like me going from austin to round rock okay so that could be that makes a little bit more sense than mo being a part of the four sixes show i wonder how much filming is has taken place at the four sixes for that show like where that show is in its development I can't get any feel for that because they can't be working on it yet because they got Mayor of Kingston and they got 1883. Like, how are they balancing all all of this? I don't know. I'm fascinated. Does anyone else know? Is anyone else taking a future trip to the Four Sixes Ranch? If so, yeah, I have two great contacts, <laughs> Addison and Billy. Would love to know more. I'm not. A, I'm not. What above. the heck is going on there? <laughs> we need a tip line or, or something. <laughs> tip line. <laughs> Celebrity sightings in, at the Four Sixes. Yes. Uh, yes. Now, granted, we do tend to report those things as fact, and that gets oh, on correct. people's nerves. Yes. Like, like I think we were hot on Jeff Daniels being a part of 1883 for a while. Or Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Mm. And that hasn't materialized. You said Jeff Daniels. I was like, I, I don't remember being part no, of this conversation. but I, I get them confused. Yes. <laughs> no, that's that that's fair. But yes, for our people listening, we're not just going to run with random theories. We're going to have some meat and potatoes that are coming along with our statements. Do you have any final words you want to say about Ennis? <sighs> Ennis, you made me laugh in a season that left me heartless. Thank you. And let's admit, he's also the most attractive male character on that show. That probably didn't bother Oh. Actually, yes. Let me rephrase that. Ennis, thank you for gracing me with your beautiful (laughs) smile. Your, yeah, 10 out of 10 smoke show. You do need a bath, but we'll overlook that. (laughs) 
That's Billy Dukes, who's off to find another Boda Box. Thanks, Billy. What do you think about the most recent episode of 1883? Staff at TeaSipCountry.com is the email address, and yes, we do respond ourselves. I'm Addison Haker, and if you're new to the Dutton Rules podcast, check out the archives for interviews with the man who plays Ennis, Eric Nelson. You'll also find conversations with the stars of 1883 and interviews with Cole Hauser, Kelly Riley, and more from Yellowstone. Tap follow and leave a review and a five-star rating to let us know you're here for more. Dutton Rules the Yellowstone 1883 podcast is written by myself and Billy Dukes with the help from Sterling Whitaker and produced by Billy Dukes. For more great Yellowstone 1883 content, you can also find us on YouTube by searching Taste of Country YouTube. As always, Dutton Rules is another great Townsquare Media podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.